Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In Depth. What's up folks, live in the studio Monday night, gonna break down Monday night football, NFL throughout this weekend, and uh, we got a special interview to wrap things up with Mike Lambeau, so let's start. Monday night football was an absolute treat. The LA Chargers defeat the Las Vegas Raiders 28-14, and I was really impressed with the leadership and the arm talent that Justin Herbert brings to the game of football. 25 for 38 in the ball game with 222 yards, three TDs. And I like to lock in on him for a minute. Young quarterbacks in this league tend to go through the motions at first. They look to hold on to the football, limit the fumbles and not throw interceptions, do well on third down. Now, Justin Herbert's ahead of the curve. I think he's a premier quarterback already. Uh, He was airing it out in Oregon in college. That we already know. But here in the NFL, sitting in the pocket with confidence, rolling right, you know, playing to his ability. I think the one-two punch with Herbert and Austin Eckler, I think Austin Eckler is a top five running back in the league right now. The LA Chargers, we know, are three and one, as are the Las Vegas Raiders. It's just big for the Chargers. Back-to-back weeks, wins in their own division. Chiefs, and now the Raiders. This division is loaded. We know that. You know, the Chargers, Vegas, Denver Broncos, and Patrick Mahomes and those Chiefs will not go away. So, It's going to be a hard-fought year within that division. Those are four really good football teams, guys. A lot of good football left to be played. I thought the gutsy play calling for the L.A. Chargers worked out. You know, going for it a few times on fourth down, believing in their young quarterback to make the right play, and he did. I think conservative play sometimes leads to coming up short, especially in games where, you know, the Chargers go for it on fourth. You're at home. The crowd is on your side. I think the Chargers, I was just getting off the phone here late on Monday night with my cousin, Austin, who's a longtime Charger fan, all the way from back when they were San Diego, and uh, he's a big Phillip River fan, way before this Justin Herbert era, but he's pumped right now, and he's pumped tonight, and he's really excited tonight for one of two reasons. First reason being the LA Chargers dominated a really good football team when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were non-existent. Keenan had a few catches, but Mike Williams didn't have his type of game, and they were still out in front throughout. And uh, that's that's a big deal. The second reason I wanted to talk about him being excited, the Chargers played very well defensively. You know, Derwin James had a late pick. They were getting to Derek Carr, making him make quick decisions out here, sacking him. Uh, I thought this was a well-fought football game in an awesome stadium. We know SoFi, the home of the Chargers and the home of the Rams. But uh, these are two teams to watch. The Raiders, you know... They got their first loss tonight, but they're going to be in the playoff picture as well. And I'm really excited to see what is to come. So congrats to those Chargers on a big Monday night win. Here we move on to Sunday night. 
Sunday night football, and I like to talk about this game in particular because it was one for the books, a game that we will tell our kids and grandkids about one day. Tom Brady returning to Foxborough, and he's not a Patriot no more. He's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You know that New England fans thank him for six championships, for nine Super Bowl appearances, but when it comes to football, they are rooting for their team and Mac Jones. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, that was the story. Tom made it clear in pre- and post-game that him and Bill's relationship is not tarnished. It's not a bad one. We are okay with one another. It was time to move on, and that's the direction that we both went in. I really like this football game. I liked it for two reasons. I liked that Bill Belichick was able to limit Tom Brady. He knows how Tom plays, and uh, his defense was well-prepared. And Tom, making enough plays to win. Yes, he didn't throw a TD pass in the game, but he threw for 269 yards in tough weather conditions. Conditions that favored running the football. Conditions that favored the quick five-and-out passes, you know, quick slants, those type of routes, not down the field. So it was one of those games that favors Bill Belichick, but Tom Brady was still able to squeak it out. I thought we could basically look at this as a draw. Bill Belichick had his defense and his team well-prepared. Tom Brady knew what it took to win the football game. That was a doink off the uprights when uh, Nick Folk was lining it up from deep to try to put the Patriots up one, but uh, it doinked off the left upright. And uh, once again, Tom Brady wins. And I wanted to talk a little bit about respect, a little bit about class. Tom Brady, what a football story it is with him. Tom Brady has the best football story there is, but he gives credit where it's due and when it's due. I say that because Tom Brady in his postgame was asked, if emotions were at an all-time high, returning to Foxborough, returning to the place where it all started, where it all went down, championship parades, winning playoff games, celebrating on the sideline. But he, he remained poised. He knew he would feel the emotions this week. But when it came within the white lines on Sunday night, he did enough to win. And that's what he always does or always tries to do. Enough to win the football game. We know that Tom Brady can't win every game, but he wins a whole lot. And he gets it done for his teammates as much as himself. And my last point, you know, him passing Drew Brees here in Foxborough, you can't write it any better than this, folks. Tom Brady passing Drew Brees in Foxborough, where it all began, him with his new team, it's just one for the books. To all the young kids out there, one day you'll be reading about Tom Brady in your U.S. history class. That is how much he's meant to this great game of football and uh, how much he's meant to us. I wanted to move on to other games from Sunday. I know we focused so far on the Monday night and Sunday night game, but uh, other games. The world ended, guys, on Sunday afternoon. I say that because the Jets and Giants both won. Really impressed with the Giant win. I'll start there. Beating a really good football team on the road in the Dome. I thought... Daniel Jones and Saquon both played well, and uh, we've been waiting for this. 
uh, especially with Saquon. Daniel Jones threw for 402 yards in the game. I'm impressed with this kid this year. I really am. Uh, Saquon, he's been timid since his injury, but he was really hitting his holes this game. And uh, he had the walk-off TD and OT to end things. So I'm really happy there. Uh, coming back from a deficit, 11-point deficit in the fourth quarter, Giants were able to erase that and get them into the win column for the first time this season. And I feel that the Saints, they didn't bring their A game, but uh, Giants were able to limit them. I really liked how the Giants' D played in this game. I always talk about the DBs, but the front seven played pretty well. And I hope they build on this one. I really hope they do, because the Giants do have the talent. It's uh, whether they click on all cylinders, guys. Next, the New York Jets. Zach Wilson gets his first career win against a good football team. The beauty is the Jets and Giants, they both beat good football teams this week. The New York Jets beat the Tennessee Titans. Uh, They were able to uh, score enough to beat the Tennessee Titans because I felt that Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill both had pretty good games. But uh, Jets came out on top. Uh, The offense was better. Uh, Zach Wilson making better decisions. 297 yards in the air. Two TDs, only throwing one pick. We've seen him throw two, three, and four picks in uh, games prior. This one only one and ended up being the difference in a football game. And that's usually the story each week. The team with less fumbles, less picks, less special teams mistakes um, usually come out on top. Really something to talk about this week. Uh, I wanted to touch upon how dominant the Cowboys have looked since week one. Uh, They even look good playing Tampa week one, but they step on the Carolina Panthers, beat them 36-28. Dak Prescott looks outstanding, and Zeke is coming into his own. Kind of like with the Giants, similar with the Cowboys. The quarterbacks are playing fantastic. They're waiting for their running back to really chime in and deliver. I wanted to talk stats for a second. Dak, 188 yards in the air with four TDs. How about Zeke, though? 20 carries, 143 yards with a TD. I think if Zeke plays this way, I think if Dak plays this way, and their tight ends and receivers keep contributing with that defense, you know, linebackers look great, as well as the secondary. Cowboys are going to be hard to beat. I think they're a top-five team in the National Football League right now, and I really mean that. So we'll see how that plays out, but I'm high on them. I really am. Let's get back to Sir Patrick Mahomes. I know I haven't been talking great things with him the last few weeks, but guess what? He's back in the win column with a statement win in Philadelphia. Andy Reid was able to beat his old team, really wanted to stick it to Philly fans, and uh, Mahomes threw five TD passes, guys. It was just wonderful. 278 yards in the air. Tyreek Hill having uh, one of the games of his life on Sunday, and uh, really happy for him. Hill and Patrick Mahomes have a heck of a connection, as do Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey. Really getting those two involved to take this team over the edge. I wanted to talk a little bit about the 4 o'clock games. The Green Bay Packers get another win, but I'm going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and not in a positive light. It seems to be that Big Ben does not have it anymore. I know we've been saying that for a few weeks now, but now I really mean it, folks. Um, He's not able to move much outside the pocket when he's sitting in the pocket. He seems to be panicking, throwing interceptions, throwing behind receivers. Big Ben had a wonderful career. 
but it's about time to hang up the cleats and move on in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin is ready to move on. I know they're going to probably let Big Ben play out this season, but uh, they have to go in a different direction come next season, in my opinion. Their division's too good, and if they want to remain a top team, you know, they've been dipping. they got to bounce back from this. They really do, and it's not going to be with Big Ben. You know, he's been great in the past. You know, a Super Bowl winner with you guys, but Pittsburgh and Big Ben, it's ready to uh, cut ties and move on. I truly believe that. Even if you let him play out this season, he can't come back for next season. If you ask me, I would actually put him on a bench now, and that's no disrespect. Look at the New York football giants. They ended up putting Eli on the bench for Daniel Jones. Things happen. Quarterbacks age. Players age next man up mentality. That's the way professional sports works. The Baltimore Ravens. Ravens look good. Lamar looks good. Stepped on the Broncos. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater exited the game with a concussion, but I think the better team won the football game. I think the Ravens are going to be in this all the way till the end. Uh, I don't know if I have them getting to the Super Bowl, but I for sure have Baltimore making the postseason and squeaking out a win or two. Pieces are starting to click around Lamar, and it's uh It's been good, good football. The story of the year, moving on to the Arizona Cardinals 4-0 and Kyler Murray just playing like the MVP of the league. He really is that one-two punch with him and his running back, Chase Edmonds. And how about A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins? He's got top receivers. Uh, He really does, and the defense is playing very well. A lot of this offensive core they had last year. But what do they have now? A defense that's stepping up and meeting the challenge week to week. Arizona stepping on the L.A. Rams is a big, big deal. The Rams are a great football team. I have them and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing in the NFC Championship game. And Arizona was able to give it to them on the road. That's something to be said. Arizona's for real. This is no fluke. You will see them in the postseason this year, in my opinion. Uh, Some may agree. Some may disagree. Some have them falling off the wagon towards the latter half of the year. I do not. I think this year is different. I think Kyler, you know, not only does he have the arm and the legs for the sport, he now has the head for the sport. And that's a big, big deal, especially for an undersized quarterback in today's game. Those were the main 4 o'clock games. I was really pleased with the NFL this week. I wanted to touch upon, uh, we released Tuesday. We know Tuesday night, Red Sox-Yankees for the wild card game. We know what that rivalry has meant to sports in general over X amount of years, forever. They get to face off in Fenway Park. Tuesday night is going to be an absolute magical game. I think Aaron Judge and the Yankees win on the road. Boston fans won't want to hear that, but it's just going to be great. And we timed it perfectly this week, folks. I wanted to talk NFL as I always do, but transitioning into baseball, you know, with the wild card games starting up, we also get to talk MLB with our special guest, Mike Lambeau. And uh, here comes the interview. Uh, so blessed to have him on and time it perfectly this year. Here it goes. Hey guys, now we have on Mike Lambiasso, assistant in the Performance Science Department. Thanks for coming on to Sports In Depth, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Anytime. Uh, Do you think the MLB world and sports in general are dominated by sports science? 
I wouldn't necessarily say uh, or use the word dominated per se. It's certainly relevant in today's world of baseball or sports in general. Um, I think it's the right thing to do in terms of how pieces of technology are being utilized nowadays. Now that we're diving a bit deeper into some of the analytical sides of information that we're getting, the challenge is weeding out the unnecessary things, as well as companies who will try to get your attention as a sports organization. Um, The main challenge is really fitting all of these components into your specific process within an organization. Thanks for that. Um, Question number two. What have you learned since working with the Tampa Bay Rays in this performance science department? Really just the fact that performance science is just an extension of player development. So much so that I think titles are pretty irrelevant. Um, you know, speaking to player development department or sports performance department, it's all kind of the same at the end of the day in terms of our goals and what we want to accomplish with our players. And that is keep them healthy, one, and improve their performance. So uh, those two components kind of go hand in hand with what teams have always tried to do with their players. So I I think that's been the biggest thing that stands out for me uh, within working in this department the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I feel that the performance science department, myself, it's good to learn more about it because it's a big part of the sports industry in all sports nowadays. Final question here today, just a fun one for you. Uh, What are your predictions for the Rays come this postseason? I think with the experience that we had in last year's postseason, our guys are pretty hungry to get back there and win two more games than we did last season, um, given the the scenario that we were in. So I think uh, we're poised to make a deep run. We have all the right pieces in place, the right personnel in place. So I think... Um, our hope is that we get back to uh, right where we left off last season. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Mike. I feel the Tampa Bay Rays, man, a special group, a great team. I thought the addition of Nelson Cruz to that batting order, um, just fantastic, adding another veteran. And yeah, they're definitely capable of going the distance. I agree. I feel the top teams in the MLB, Rays, Giants, and Dodgers, and I think one of those three will come out on top. Yeah, you and me both, uh, we're hoping for the same thing. It'll be an interesting uh, next month. Yes, yes, it's going to be a wonderful month of October, and I'm really excited. Thanks so much, Mike. Uh, Loved having you on as a special guest, and uh, thanks for teaching us. Great moment for Sports In-Depth to learn about the sports science department. You really came in clutch here, man. Absolutely. Again, thanks for having me. I enjoy listening to your different podcasts. You really do a great job. So thanks for having me on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Until next time, my friend. And that was a great interview with Mike Lambeau with the Tampa Bay Rays, learning more about the sports development and sports science department and that side of sports and uh, a little MLB predictions. Uh, It's going to be a great postseason. Can't wait to talk to all of y'all next week. NFL next week, MLB next week, nothing like October baseball. J.D. out.